Hello, this is Rabbi Mark Soloway. Welcome to A Dash of Drush, weekly reflections on our world through the lens of Torah. Zeal, zealous, zealotry. What amazing concepts those are. What does it mean to be zealous? Zealous, it seems like uh, such a loaded word, it can be something quite negative, but maybe it's something very positive too. The Parsha this week is Pinchas, which is named after this Kohen, this priest who at the very end of last Parsha, like literally drives a spear between two lovers. And somehow that act of violence actually ends a horrible plague that killed 24,000 people. And at the beginning of this Parsha, which is named after the guy who did this act, Pinchas, it seems like God's pretty pleased about it. God says, you know, I've calmed down now. Like, my, my, my anger has calmed down. And therefore, he says, Hinani notain lo et briti shalom. Therefore, I'm going to give this person, Pinchas, for his act, I'm going to give him my covenant of shalom, my covenant of peace. It seems so contrary to what we might hold to be true, especially in our age right now, where an act of violence is rewarded by a covenant of peace. And the Torah actually, the, the, the vav, the third letter of that word shalom, is traditionally written in the Torah as a broken vav, which perhaps has a clue. I don't know. Anyway, I'm really, really excited to have this conversation about this with uh, my old friend, Rabbi Gavriel Goldfeder, who used to be a rabbi with me in Boulder, well, not with me, but in the same city as me in Boulder, Colorado, and is now um, the director of, hmm. director of what? No, what's your title? Senior Jewish Senior Educator. Senior Jewish Educator at the Hillel at MIT in Massachusetts. And we're actually together as rabbis on camp at uh, Camp Ramah of the Rockies, which is a place we both love, and we're happy to be recording this from there. So it's great to see you, and great to be here with you, Gabriel. It's wonderful to be here, Mark. Thank you. So what do you, how do you respond to this idea of being zealous, zealous for, for standing up for, for an act? I mean, mm. in the Torah, it's like, because this is a sort of horribly forbidden relationship that's going on. Mm. But, like, is there a way to understand it, justify it? Mm. You know, it's, uh, it's the question that everyone should be asking at the beginning of this Parsha. Uh, I think especially at a time when we're seeing throughout the world zealous acts and so negative, and like you pointed out, uh, zeal and extremism often go together and are um, either celebrated or... or um, totally negated, depending on the culture and the and the uh, the and its depending on the culture and its values. But what I appreciate is that the Torah brings it in and understands the this the, a place for kinah zeal within the entire uh, corpus of of emotions and acts that a person would have. I believe it's so essential to the Torah. The Torah's perspective on humanity that um, all emotions I'm gonna put an asterisk there I'm not sure if I if they really mean all all but as far as I can tell all even the ones that seem like they don't have a place uh, have a place 
uh-huh. in the larger picture of the uh, of the sort of complete personality of the person who acts in the Torah. Now, nowhere in the Torah does it say be zealous. Uh, but what we do, so I don't think it's a core. It's not in the Ten Commandments. It's not a it's not a core value, as it were. But it's a it's a uh, a value that cannot be disposed of. It's a, it's a value or an ideal or a, a uh, attitude that that definitely has its place. And as we see here, there are there is perhaps a moment or a particular kind of moment in which zeal is the right thing to do. And then it's upon us to figure out where what what, what place. Let's does just it... try and define it a bit more, though. What, what do you think it actually means mm. to be zealous? And and mm. and is the Hebrew kina the mm. same actually as the English word uh, mm. zealous. I guess what I would ask, does anyone ever use the word zealot positively? <laughs> Usually we use the word zealot negatively. I'm not sure if someone, you know, if after something happens, like, wow, you know, Paul did a great job today. He's, you know, that, he was a real zealot. He was a real zealot. Um, but, you know, we talked a little bit earlier today about the word kinah that also has the, uh, the either definition or connotation in the Torah of jealousy. And... You can't ignore the English, you know, jealous, zealous, jealous, zealous continuum. So one possibility, you know, what we get from the from the from the from the Torah and the context of Pinchas is some sense of zeal, or at least of kina, as a, uh, a courageous act, a c- courageous and I don't know if surprising is elemental to that, but a courageous act for the sake of a value that puts one in danger or puts one at odds with, with people surrounding mm-hmm. oneself. There's a, somehow maybe definitionally some kind of um, uh, incongruence with a larger community. Uh, yeah, is that sort of what we... What I think so. I mean, yeah. I think, you know, it would have... Th- this act, the way it's described, it would have been so deeply shocking to everybody. I mean, this isn't just, you know, some guy, in, you know, who just gets moved to do an act. I mean, this is a Kohen. He's part of the... Right. The ritual leadership of the of, of the community, you yeah, know? yeah, and and he's standing, you know. So it's like seeing it would be the equivalent of seeing one of our religious leaders just suddenly, like in the middle of some gathering, just suddenly, I don't know, jump out or, and do something completely jump, shocking. Yeah, not just and for violent the, and violent, not just for its own sake, but for the sake of some of some of some cause. That person would yeah. jump out and do. So we don't use zeal in the positive sense, in the sense of like, does the act itself have to be a violent act, or can, can you know, could you look at some of Rav Shlomo's more daring feats, you know, as acts of zeal or of kina, where when he went and talked to that homeless person or he put himself out and made sure that that person felt welcomed or accepted, are those acts of kina or does kina always imply something, uh, you know, um, negative, abrasive, violent? That's a great question. It's an interesting question. I, I can't think of a context in which we would describe someone as a zealot and mean it as a positive attribute. Right. So what you acknowledge, though, that, you know, Pinchas being a Kohen, as being, you know, we know that the tradition of the Kohanim, of the, the children of Aaron, uh, as it says in Pirkei Avot, be someone who's Ohev Shalom, Verodev Shalom, be someone who pursues peace. So the incongruous nature of the act of Pinchas as really stabbing these two people um, seems at odds with, uh, with what we think of as peace. So also we have to recognize that the Torah really wants us to expand our understanding of peace uh, beyond simply um two people or two peoples getting along or not, not hurting each other. There's something wider about that. And I think it ties in with that idea. We say, Hashem owes la moyitain, Hashem yivarechet shalom. God gives his people strength, owes, which implies like, you know, not just uh, might, but, you know, strength, kind of like brash strength. And Hashem blesses his people with peace. So, you know, peace must include something, you know, must be a larger circle that includes, that includes peace. So you're a Kohen. <laughs> have you uh, have you ever had a moment where you uh, where I've wanted to like stab somebody? 
So let's knock it down a notch okay. out of violence and just towards something where you had to jump out right. and do something that maybe was at odds with what your community wanted to do or what you usually do or uh, what people expect you to do, some kind of act that broke out of that for the sake of some, some larger purpose. And then was surprising and you had to deal with the fallout or anything like that? Do you have any good memories of that or bad <laughs> memories of that? <laughs> I mean, I, I think when I've really... I think that it's, I mean, it's, I think, typical of my personality, but I think for many people, we're, we're in general, I think, a, a conflict-avoidant um, culture. I mean, obviously, there are people who seek conflict, mm. but I think, that, I, think that, uh, <laughs> I think that we can say more about that later. Yeah. But I think that um, many of us, certainly including me, like, I, I don't go, I don't seek conflict, huh. but there are times when just something is just crossed a certain line, and right now I can't think of, of actual examples, but where I've really confronted a person and had a conversation. And when I've actually done that, it's always gone well, yeah. actually. And there's always been a greater um, and more authentic feeling in, yeah. in the relationship. Mm -hmm. But but I don't know I don't know if that if, if the times I've done that is coming from a place of zealotry. Right. You know, it's coming from a place of okay, this conversation really needs to happen right. now. Right. So I assume that zealousy must involve risk uh -huh. in some way. And I mean, it ris it's risky in the sense that uh, the relationship could theoretically collapse. I think of a story, there was a guy at MIT, I was in a meeting with two people, uh, two young men, and one of the young men was cynical, and he was talking about various people, and he was knocking them down in subtle and not subtle ways, and talking about how, in one way or another, they just were uh, you know, less than, so much less than perfect and different things. And it felt like it was crossing the, the line for me into not just cynicism, but really of slander. And at some point I just had it. And I just said, I just said, David, you have to stop. It's just, it's just Lashon Hara. There's just no value to it. And I was expecting something really bad to happen. He looked at me and he said, thank you so much. Um, I love it when people challenge me <laughs> on, my, uh, on the way I am in the world. And I've had, I think I've had a bunch of those. Some that ended up negative as well, but enough that were positive that I uh, consider myself someone who who is not afraid of the confrontation, but is really aware that there are some some acts, some conversations that just have to happen, and I might be the one for the job because there's no one else who's going to do it, and I'm willing to do that mm -hmm. because I've seen I've seen, and I might be diluting the definition of of, of kina, but I, I think for example another one where I. Um, there was a rabbi of a community, and um, and he was giving uh, he was uh, supposed to be giving a series of divrei Torah, and he gave one, and I just like, I just, it just didn't hit, and I knew why, right? And I knew why because I saw that he was giving it in a certain style, it had a little bit of schmaltz involved, and like the people was like a no schmaltz community, and I rather than face the possibility that he's now going to give the rest of the series of divrei Torah. Without knowing that and continuing with the schmaltz. The Divrei Torah is a, a series of talks about yeah. Torah. So sermons or yeah, homilies. Sermon, sermon right? <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and so I, I, I was like confronted him, but I said, hey, I just want to tell you, like, I got a sense. This is the minion. This is what you did with your, with your uh, talk. I think that if you did it pared down with less schmaltz in a more kind of uh, laboratory, like here's what I'm thinking about, what do you guys think kind of way. And he was so appreciative. And I saw the next time he spoke before the community, it actually really changed. The people were a lot more involved. So I kind of feel like, no one else is going to have that because propriety says you don't say that. You don't have that conversation. Propriety says, you know, you leave it alone and everyone should just kind of get along. But I was like, I just I don't want to see this go to waste. Sindra, yeah. Yeah. we've been uh, it, 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 the luxury of having some nice time together. And one of the things we've been talking about with your 
with your wife Catriella and we've been talking about the Enneagram and personality types and you do come out pretty strongly as the challenger. The challenger. The one, yeah. the one who likes to challenge people. Yes. And um, so you've given a couple of examples where it went really well but I'm yeah. sure there are times when you've challenged people and it hasn't gone well. Oh my God. I think I've blocked those out. I think I can no longer, really, like you, I mean, I can't really remember them so much because I, uh, I'm sure. But I think people appreciate the act of reaching out. Right? Uh-huh. I think people appreciate the, the willingness and the courage to say, I see something that's happening, I want it to change, um, so I'm putting myself forward as a, as, a, as a conduit for that in some way. Obviously, it'll be better to uh, come with the caveat of, listen, I'm sure I'm doing this all wrong, and, it's only, and I'm, I'm only coming from a place of caring for you uh-huh. and for us, and so I'm, so I'm saying this. I think that would be a nice way to do it, but when that happens, you're usually pretty hot-headed, you know. I think what's right. what's 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 incredible. Pinchas, you get the sense that he really like he saw something that was infuriating him. He saw a spear, something in him bypassed the whole question of like, is this a good idea or not? And he grabs the spear and he just. So you don't see it as being premeditated. It was like completely an impulsive act. You think there are there are readings of it. You know, I think I think the the Gemara's reading, the Talmud's reading of it is that he asked Moses and he said, "What can what can I do?" And Moses said, "I don't know," or like, uh, "I can't answer that question." And then Pinchas. Um, what do you prefer? Which reading do you prefer? Which, which, which reading resonates for you more in terms of human nature? Well, I think if it was impulsive, it would be easier to forgive somehow. If it's a premeditated uh-huh. act of violence that uh-huh. knowingly was going to kill two people, it seems like uh-huh. how could that lead to a breach shalom? You right. know? Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I'm, I, f- I felt quite confused by this. And you've deflected from answering the question about whether when it's gone badly for you, because I think I think what I mean what's so important we sort of drifted into talking about the the separate the mitzvah of tochacha, which is really like the obligation uh, that the Torah gives us to to rebuke somebody, yeah, yeah. and all the sources tell us it it has to come from a place of genuine love and concern for the uh, person we're talking to, right. and so that's the, the the risk of human nature. I mean, there's times that we just want to give someone feedback, but it doesn't it can come from our own frustration and annoyance, and yes. not from actually a genuine sense of caring for the, right. that person right so so we talked about this a little bit and, and yes I, I might have I probably did deflect it and I, I don't know I'm sure it goes badly sometimes um, I wouldn't stop doing it for that I as, a, as someone who feels comfortable with those uh, what I call left side you know act, actions and emotions in the Torah you know givura, sort of you know um, intensity and um uh, um, and sometimes intense restraint and sort of harshness sometimes. I feel comfortable with those. Um, so I would rather take that as, a indication, as an indication that I need to you know, up my skills. You know, I need, to, like, I need to get better at it rather than I need to stop it. Um, I do admit I also came, my father was a zealous person you know, in, in certain ways where he was the guy who would say the thing if he felt like it needed to be said. So I think I, I came by it honestly. I think that there's something in my pedigree that... that and I seem to remember mostly going negatively you know it, it didn't it didn't lead to a resolution but i think i identified the like okay people do this people sometimes muster up the courage to to say that thing to that stranger or that person um in order to and cross that line uh in order to try in some way to bring about some kind of real contact and so as, as we sort of get close to the end I'm, I, maybe i feel drawn to Shifting the conversation a little bit to thinking about the the values for which we might actually be mm. zealous in this. I mean, there's a you know it's a confusing and complex world, and there are clearly things that 
that happen in our world that can be, you know, deeply of, uh, offensive to our, our, our moral sensibilities and so on. And so, like, what, what are the values for which... I mean, I think probably we're, neither of us would actually take, take people's lives, but, like, if we take that as a sort of extreme metaphor, for, but the impulse to really, like, put a stop to certain behaviors uh, in our in our society in our world perhaps within the Jewish community I don't know are there, are there some that really come to mind for you uh, one that comes to mind to me to me ironically is for the sake of peace uh-huh. and I think that, again that's where like the, the paradox of, of this parsha of this you know this zealous act for the sake of peace comes about you and I were both recently involved in a life cycle uh, moment uh, that um, in which there were you know, people who uh, who weren't getting along, and I felt the blood kind of rising in me a little bit um, that that maybe I could say something, right? maybe I could do something, maybe I could somehow, and it, maybe I could somehow reach, you know, one or both of the parties and find a way to uh, to to bring it closer together, and um, and I didn't. Because I think I felt at that time that it was it was hopeless, and 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 there was there were some energies there that were formidable enough and um, uh, prohibitive enough that I didn't feel like it would do any good. So that, at that point, you know, I was already I was already uh, resisting the urge, but I was I, I, I do admit that I was tempted. So I so I think that that's a place where I do feel if I see two people who don't get along because of a misunderstanding. Yeah. I'm likely to try to jump in there and say, "Don't you know that really she's saying this? Don't you know that he's really saying that?" I'm likely to to try to yes. have that mo- that moment. How about you? Do you have you thought about it? I've thought about it. Um, uh, I've thought about it, but I, I can't. I can't. I mean, to to actually. I mean, there are so many things in, in the world that I feel kind of a, a sense of righteous indignation about yeah. like right now I mean you uh. can name it and some of it I've talked about on previous on previous podcasts and I do you know it's interesting you know comparing Pinchas in a way to Korach I mean uh. a couple of weeks ago the, the, the conversation on Korach was about like when when do when do we have to speak truth to power which is uh. in a sense a form of zealotry uh. as well like yeah, what yeah. are the things you know but I just think there are levels of injustice in our world but I'm I'm not, and what we talked about in that conversation with with my friend Rabbi Jonathan Wittenberg in London is, is that the, the delicate position between Pinchas, interestingly, and Korach, both you know, <laughs> connected to the to, to the priestly the priestly lineage, and 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 the idea of being a rabbi, like where does where do our voices as rabbis cross into the world of, of politics and even like social situations? Like if we're supposed to be inspiring people to live meaningful Jewish lives, when does that line get crossed to a point yeah. where we say, and, and I think, you know, that's where the whole idea of rabbi as prophet does come, you know, being, yeah. being prophetic. But having said that, I don't, I don't like right now I'm, I'm still struggling with how mm. to really find that voice and really like speak out. Uh, in, in that way but I think there are things that I'm close uh-huh. uh, and I'm not revealing the, the actual values yeah yeah. but I do, I do I think that's very compelling the fact that we can you know the whole the whole notion that we start with the circles uh, that we have most contact with and just the the, the, the you know the it's considered a very high mitzvah shalom ben adam like yeah. to to bring peace between between people is a very a very high thing, and so I, I do, I do like that paradox that you yeah. that you mentioned about Pinchas, an act of, of zealous violence, but actually that's for the sake of peace somehow. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm drawn to it. As I, as I think about it now, I, I can see a little bit of a common denominator among moments when I was moved to speak out. And there is also the, uh, if you flip it from horizontal to vertical, Pinchas, I think, felt that he was bringing peace between the Jewish people and God by doing this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he is rewarded with the covenant of peace, and not only the covenant of peace, but the covenant of, of kahunat olam, of, of perpetual priesthood. Um, and as the Torah says, because he uh, was mechaper, he brought atonement, right? Which is a sort of a realignment of the relationship between people and God. So I'm also likely, if I see someone uh, uh, acting, quote-unquote, religiously, but in a way that feels foreign to what I think is the common understanding of uh, of of how one is expected to act or, 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 or what actions in, in the religious sphere have integrity and the ability to actually bring results and bring growth, I'm likely to step in and say, you're not doing that right. Or um, here's another way that you can look at this. Or here's, here's a way to contextualize that particular action or behavior in order for it to be, to have enhanced ability. Because I believe in the Torah and I believe in mitzvot as, uh, as, as, as conduits of growth and of change and of infusion of life force. And therefore, um, I something in me bristles when I see someone doing it in a way that uh, doesn't bring those results, and it seems like the blame might be on the mitzvah. I want to help reconnect that person with that mitzvah in a way that actually fits properly, so that it can have that yeah. desired effect. So I think that's also part of the larger piece yeah. as well. So some of this is really, and we're going to draw our conversation to a close. But some some of this is really about um, a, a healthy. A healthy expression of passion. I mean, it's it's good to feel passionate about things. It's good to care about things enough that we want to like stand up and 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 you know call out our truth. Yeah. Um, but obviously, if it crosses a certain line, it becomes an extreme act and an act of fundamentalism. And and in a world where we see so much of that, yeah. how do we cultivate um, you know true? deep spiritual religious passion that doesn't hurt people and how do we uh, uh, keep the passion alive because if we overthink it it ceases to be passion then it becomes ideology which is obviously important as well but ideology is sort of more slow moving and thorough where as zeal is what what really jumps out at those moments in order to uh, to bring about a moment of change so how do we refine ourselves to the point where we can trust that our zeal is really the shame shemayim for the sake of heaven and, uh, and not just for the sake of our own anger Right or, or expression of our own anger. So I think that there's a balance there as well. Yes, passionate, bypassing conscious mind, but not so much that it's a danger to our actual ideals. There's a real challenge there. I'm really a healthy, healthy passion, healthy passion that does, like you say, come from some kind of divinely inspired place. I mean, has the has the potential to bring peace and healing to the world, which oh. we need. So yeah, may we. May we find those those voices of, of passion to bring more peace and more healing into this world and, and not increase the violence. I mean, I mean, great to be with you. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you. Thank you for listening to A Dash and Drush. We will see you next time.